there's no better day of the year than this. It's the start of the NFL season. I mean, we're only getting one game today, and we're going to have to watch like Tom Brady get like his 12th ring or whatever. But it's still NFL football. It's my Cowboys probably losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that's okay because, again, it's NFL regular season football. We're just days away from a full Sunday of, of games. And I mean, we're just at the point now where everyone's happy. It's all optimism. Antonio Brown is as good as he was five years ago. TJ Hawkinson's going to have a thousand receiving yards this season. Zach Martin is positive for COVID-19. Okay, I guess it's not all good news. But uh, for the most part, coaches are feeling very optimistic. Eric, are you feeling optimistic about your Cincinnati Bengals this year? Uh, no. Uh, that's okay, scary. great. Perfect. Ryan, how are you? Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, Eric, uh, happy to have you on for another season of Sit Start. Obviously, our editor-in-chief, the man behind the rankings here at QBList.com, who is now going to have to defend all his rankings uh, per usual against the challenger, Ryan Heath, who I believe we're what we're doing this year is we're tracking everything, and whoever ends up having the better season is going to be the editor-in-chief for next year. I think that's that's the deal we made, right, Eric? Yeah, what job do I get? I'd be uh, my job. Okay, okay, we'll just do musical chairs next year. We'll see exactly, exactly. No, that sounds great. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, check out my uh, my rankings, the list on uh, QBList.com. I just got those out. Um, not too much as far as injuries right now, so hopefully they're still up to date by the time you hear these. And it's pretty crazy this time of the year, just jumping straight from like three months of draft prep to all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, I need to figure out what defenses are good and what defenses are bad. It's uh, it just, it felt like it was overnight. So this is a fun time of the year. We're all figuring it out together and uh, yeah, let's crush it this year. Well, it's also fun when you realize that uh, some of the work you did for draft uh, rankings and draft prep has absolutely no carryover to week one. Like you drafted Michael Carter, maybe as your second running back, and there's no chance that you're playing him this week, for example. So I uh, kind of have to completely switch over uh, the way you're thinking to prepare for week one. Um, Ryan, welcome to the show. Welcome to sit start officially. I know we've teased you a couple of times throughout the preseason, but welcome to the sit start show. Uh, hopefully you're happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. I am happy to be here. I'm really excited for the season. It didn't really hit me either until a couple nights ago when I was really starting to put together some prep for this podcast. Like, wow, it's really the regular season now. Like, I, I've got to do this every week and get in the routine. And it it's I'm excited now. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, with the regular season coming up, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, our sit start article is out on QBList.com. So that is going to cover Every game, every player, we're going to cover every game, maybe not every player. So if you uh, feel like you missed out on someone here on the podcast, head to QBList.com, check out our sit start article or another place you can go is to our discord server uh, where all of our staff is there. They can answer your questions right up until uh, kickoff, either Thursday night, Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday afternoon, if you're an East Coaster and the game start at one o'clock for you, I feel sorry for you. It's great. I get to wake up to football at 10 a.m. in the morning on Sundays. But anyway, head over to the Discord server, pitcherlist.com slash plus to sign up for that. And like I said, you can uh, hit all of us up, tag us right up until kickoff to get help with who you should be sitting and starting. Um, before we get into the games, there's a couple of pieces of kind of transactional news. Um, since the last time we recorded, Latavius Murray was waived by the Saints. Kind of a snip snap, snip snap for him because it seemed like he wasn't going to make the roster. Then he made the roster. Then they asked him to give money back. And he was like, no, uh, you guys are paying me this. And they're like, okay, well, then bye. We don't want you here. So uh, Murray is a free agent. Um, he was running back 35 on a per game basis last year. And that was with Alvin Kamara uh, sharing the backfield with him. So 
Uh, Eric, is Latavius Murray someone that you're interested in stashing at the end of your bench? Uh, Latavius Murray or the replacement? Um, Latavius Murray would be interesting if he came onto you know another team, another roster, and uh, some of these backfields that have seen injuries like the Ravens or Rams or whoever. But uh, otherwise, no, let Latavius Murray go. Um, it kind of feels like the Saints are gearing up to have a Jameis Winston offense here and bombs away, even though they don't have any receivers. Um, I, I'm surprised if I think I feel like if Taysom Hill was a quarterback, you might keep uh, you know, Latavius Murray around and just kind of ground and pound teams and play good defense. But it seems like they're going the other route here. Yeah, so it was kind of the, the route that I was going was uh, if he lands somewhere uh, where he'll get a role because of, you know, the ability that he showed last year, if that was someone worth hanging on to. But it doesn't sound like he is. Um, is Tony Jones more worthy of that back end roster spot? I think he's like last spot on your roster. Um, hold on to him. See what happens. It's probably not enough to start. So you're just looking at a pure handcuff here. Um, so it, it's not the kind of profile I'm usually going to bet on. But we've seen the last guy on your roster pay off before. Uh, with the uh, Saints, it was, obviously Alvin Kamara had a lot more pedigree. So keep an eye on him. If you have a spot to burn, pick him up. But I'm not going to do any crazy fab bids or anything to, to get him this week. All right. And then uh, Baltimore Ravens signed Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. Um, obviously, with uh, Justice Hill going out for the year uh, and obviously the J.K. Dobbins injury, they were down to two healthy running backs. So they've signed Bell. They also signed Trenton Cannon, but I think that's just until Bell uh, is ready. Um, is he someone that you're potentially looking at stashing? No, I'm not doing this again. We've we've been through <laughs> this too many times with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, friends don't let friends uh, pick up Le'Veon Bell in free agency. So no, no, I think friends do let friends pick up Le'Veon That's Bell because you're probably in the league with them. Fair, and then you don't. That way, you don't have to do it yourself. Okay, um, Ryan. So Eric says no to Le'Veon Bell, no to Latavius Murray, and maybe to Tony Jones Jr. Um, how would you rank those three, it, it, or are any of them someone you'd be looking to stash? Oh man. Uh, yeah, probably a no on all three for me. I, I was getting yelled at on Twitter about Tony Jones last night. This, his profile is really just nothing. And the, the idea that because he beat out 32 year old Latavius Murray means that he's going to be worth something is a little far-fetched to me. So yeah, I'm not running out to acquire any of these. I mean, even with Bell, they might want him in like a receiving third down type of role, but the Ravens don't throw to their running backs. They were among the last teams in the league in terms of targets to running backs last year. So there's I don't see a whole lot of upside in any of these three. All right. So some shuffling the deck with running backs and you could ignore all of it. Um, before, and, and one last thing before we get into the games, I just want to hit on, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that when you drafted you know, maybe you drafted Irv Smith as your sleeper tight end and, and you haven't looked at your team in a couple of weeks and realized you need a tight end to start. Uh, maybe you drafted, you know, the Browns defense and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I want to play them against the Chiefs. So let's talk about just some uh, our, our favorite streamers um, at quarterback, tight end and defense for people who you know aren't really confident with the player they drafted. Maybe season long, we feel good, but week one, not looking so good. So Ryan, who is your top streamer at quarterback? Yeah, so at quarterback, I'm very far above consensus on this guy i'm fully aware but i think carson wentz puts together a respectable game this week i mean the seahawks gave up nearly 20 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks last year this game's over under is set at 52 it could be very high scoring the colts are favorites at home with an implied total of 27 points i mean we're worried about the injury a little bit maybe but it's not as if we need carson wentz to be putting up a lot of rushing numbers to hit his fantasy ceiling. So 
I'm really into Wentz this week, and he's someone that you can almost certainly get off of waivers or just pick him up on Sunday morning if you really need a spot start. Uh, Eric, what about you? Yeah, I, I don't love the waiver options this week. Um, I would probably go with Jameis Winston against the Packers. Um, they were actually pretty good as far as giving up fancy points last year. Um, but like I said before, I, I think they're going to lean into this Winston offense. So I think you could start him. I kind of thought Baker Mayfield would be a little less owned, but he's up there at 75% uh, roster ships. So um, yeah, I, I'd go with Jameis Winston here, but I, I don't love it for sure. All right. Uh, and then at tight end, uh, Eric, who's your favorite tight end to stream? Yeah, so this is one I feel a lot better about. Um, Austin Hooper, I know he's not exciting, uh, but the Browns are playing the Chiefs. They're going to be playing from behind most likely. Lots of points scored. Um, If Odell Beckham starts a little slow and they ease him back in off the injury, I could see a lot of targets going Austin Hooper's way. And he's one of those guys, he's going to at least get you, you know, six, seven points. So uh, I'd go with Hooper this week. Hooper was someone I almost drafted at the back end of a lot of the deep leagues that I'm in. And I just came back to the fact that he's just so boring. His name's boring. He's a boring player. I I just couldn't do it. Uh, Ryan, give me someone more interesting. Yeah, so maybe a little more interesting than Austin Hooper. Not a high bar, but Anthony (laughs) Ferkser on the Titans. He Uh, was kind of a trendy. Yeah, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just just playing. Go ahead. He was kind of a trendy name this summer, uh, but I mean, that hype has kind of died out with Julio Jones joining the team. There's not as many targets up for grabs potentially. But in this matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, the team has an implied total of 27 points. This is another game that could shoot out. I mean, Ferkser has a great chance to catch a touchdown, which is really what you're looking for in streaming tight ends. And I mean, for his part, last year, he was sixth in targets per route run. So when he was running routes, he was being targeted, which shows that he was getting open. So that's all we can really look for. Yeah, now the tight end won there in Tennessee as opposed to uh, Jonu Smith, uh, who's now in New England. All right, and then uh, if you have a defense, like I said, maybe you've got Cleveland, maybe you've got Pittsburgh, you're not feeling confident starting them against some top offenses. Um, who's someone that you might stream? Not not saying you're picking these guys over those teams, but let's say someone's not confident. Who, who are you streaming uh, this week for your defense? Yeah, I think uh, if you're... I think if you're reaching down, I'd go Green Bay here. Um, it's it's kind of the uh, duality of Jameis Winston here. He can be a good streamer, and he can give up uh, good points to the opposing <laughs> defense. So uh, get three sacks, three picks. You're probably in good shape with the Packers defense. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so I'm taking the Panthers here. They're a home favorite. The Jets are only implied 19 and a half points. This is probably going to be one of the lower scoring games of the week. And I mean, they're getting a rookie quarterback there can always be mistakes that happen in their first game so i i mean i like zach wilson i like some of those jets receiving options but just playing the probabilities here the panthers are looking pretty good for a cheap defense yeah i i think when in doubt pick the defense that's playing the jets is probably a good strategy um also the texans i don't know if the jaguars defense is any good but i mean the texans offense is so bad um i mean they they're probably going to look like bishop sycamore out there uh no matter who they're playing uh so that is carson wentz and james winston at quarterback anthony ferkser and austin hooper at tight end and green bay and the panthers as our favorite quarterback tight end and defense streamers um just in case you know you're in one of those leagues where like 18 tight ends got drafted and and you were the one who just kept on waiting and now you need someone so there's some uh there's some options for you let's go ahead and dive into the games we obviously have a full slate here for week one um keep in mind all of our sit start recommendations we do have 12 team ppr leagues in mind so if you're in a different size league or if you've got a standard scoring league um just kind of keep that in mind uh, uh, that's what we have um 
our, our rankings based off of. Uh, let's start with Thursday Night Football. Cowboys going to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. As I mentioned earlier, all pro right guard Zach Martin is going to miss the game after testing positive for COVID. So that obviously sucks because Tampa Bay is really good against the run, and Zach Martin is really important to the Cowboys' run game. Um, right tackle to L Collins is expected to play. It looked like he might've missed this game, but he did practice in full on Monday. So, uh, Eric, um, how much does this affect how you feel about the Cowboys offense going up against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay? Yeah. So it's just kind of another thing to add in here. I mean, we got Dak coming off a couple injuries. Uh, we've got a banged up offensive line already and against an elite defense. So it's just kind of one thing on top of each other that kind of lowers everyone in my rankings a bit. Um, I still think the Cowboys are going to put up some points here. Uh, you know, it's going to be a good fantasy game all around for both teams, but it's not a good start, and it's certainly not going to help uh, Zeke on the ground. So we're looking at Zeke as a pass catcher here primarily, which I do have faith in him. But, um, you know, it's just not the way you want to start out the season. So hopefully they can get this line healthy and kind of reset going into week two because uh, I, I have Dak Prescott ranked at 11, and I think this is going to be the lowest he'll be ranked all year if he's healthy. Uh, okay, well, Lois at 11, that that does sound good. Um, Zeke, where do you have him ranked? Is he still a must-start for you? Yeah, he's a must-start. Um, there's okay. just too much volume here. It's, you know, you, you figure Zeke will get there one way or another. I have him an RB9. Uh, he, he saw a lot of volume with Dak Prescott in the passing game before Dak got hurt last year. I think he had like a two six-catch games and eight-catch game in the five games they played together. So I think Zeke will get there. He's always a threat for a touchdown. Um, yeah, the yards per carry might be like 2.5, but uh, you can't bench him. It's, it's You drafted him too early to bench him this week. Ryan, you're also starting Ezekiel Elliott in week one. Yeah, you're starting Zeke. I we we don't need to crazy harp on this. I I have <laughs> seen some people getting really out over their skis here about benching Zeke, but you're not benching Zeke. He was second in the league in routes run last year. I mean, he's going to make up for it in the passing game. The Cowboys aren't going to be running the ball a whole lot in this type of game script most likely anyway. So, I'm I'm down to start Zeke and you should too. All right. And then, uh, I mean, again, I, Tampa Bay is generally better against the run, but they're very good defense overall. Is there any concern about starting a CD lamb or Amari Cooper? No, not for me. Um, there's just, they're so talented as long as Dak, I mean, all the news has been encouraging lately on Dak. So as long as he's got the arm going early on, uh, I'm starting them for sure. Um, you have to attack Tampa somewhere. So they gave up the 11th most points to receivers last year. It doesn't mean that they're bad defensively against receivers, but they stopped the run so much. It's got to go somewhere. So start your receivers for the Cowboys with relative confidence here. Ryan, would you stream Michael Gallup uh, or, or start him like maybe in a flex spot with any uh, confidence this week? Uh, I mean, you can do it. I've got him ranked at wide receiver 43. You could flex him. It wouldn't be a ton of confidence. There's some upside here. I mean, if we're thinking about this in almost a DFS way, like this game could definitely shoot out. Gallup could be the beneficiary of this, but the floor is probably not there. I'm curious to see if he plays in the slot. Like there's been some buzz about uh, this offseason. If so, then maybe he's the soft target that Dak can go to who like the hole in the secondary, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on as last year, CD Lamb played almost entirely in the slot and Gallup was an outside receiver. And it sounds like the Cowboys are more uh, open to moving all three of their receivers around. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, Tampa Bay, I, this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL that, that they're playing against with the Cowboys. Is let, Let's make this easier. Is there anyone that you don't start in this game, Ryan? 
Yeah, you're not starting Fournette or Gio Bernard. I mean, the RB2 and the RB3 on this team, you're not starting unless you're really desperate and you went zero RB or something. I mean, Bernard is coming off of that mild high ankle sprain, which was an an interesting headline that happened about a week ago. Um, But you're starting these receivers, Godwin, Evans. You're flexing Antonio Brown with confidence. Uh, The tight ends, you can if you have to. Gronk has a pretty good shot to catch a touchdown compared to most tight ends this week. So, yeah, you don't need to overthink it too much with the Bucs. So one of the things that's always tough is with Thursday night football games, you have someone like, let's say, Ronald Jones, who – it's probably, I mean, it's Bruce Arians, so I can't say safe to say, but I mean, it's, it's probably safe to say that Ronald Jones will get a majority of the workload this week and will be able to do well because the Cowboys couldn't stop anyone uh, last last year. So Ronald Jones does have a good chance, but do you start Ronald Jones over someone that maybe you're concerned about? Like, okay, I'm really going to shoot for the moon here, but but Eric, uh, would you start Ronald Jones over Saquon Barkley? Um you know, with the concern that maybe Barkley, you know, things start trending down for him this week. And maybe it's not specifically Jones over Barkley, but if you were the Barkley, you know, manager, would you be starting Ronald Jones this week and potentially um, losing out on a, a running back roster spot that could be going to Barkley? No, um, I mean, they're a lot closer than you would think, uh, but I, I'm def- I'm going Barkley over Ronald Jones. I mean, I don't think it's that clear cut uh, how much more Jones we see over Fournette. I mean, you know, Fournette, Fournette earned some goodwill here after that playoff run. He's going to see the field. Gio's going to see the field on third downs. I just don't see it with Jones. I'd rather see it for a week before I really commit to him. So um, Barkley, yeah, keep an eye on the news. It could go south, but uh, I, I think his, his upside is too high to go to, to Jones here in this matchup. Okay, so if you're a team that started out with like maybe Saquon and then uh, we'll say maybe you drafted Chris Carson and Ronald Jones, your third running back, you're you're okay leaving Jones on the bench and taking the chance that Barkley doesn't trend down the rest of the week. Yeah, because I frankly don't know if there's that big of a difference between Jones and, you know, is, is, is we may not be real high on Gio Bernard, but I don't know how big of a difference there is in this passing heavy game script against the Cowboys. Um, I Yeah, I would wait. And if you have to figure out something on Sunday. All right. Good point. Uh, so Tom Brady, we're starting Godwin, Evans, Brown, uh, all starting Gronk um, is, I believe, a tight end streamer for both of you. Um, yeah, you guys both have Gronk. Uh, Eric, you have him just outside your top 12. Ryan, you've got him down at tight end 17. But I, I also know once you start getting after tight end 12, they all kind of look the same at a certain point. Um, all right. On Sunday, Cardinals at Titans. This is going to be a fun one. High scoring game between two really uh, dynamic offenses. Um AJ Brown didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, he was on the stationary bike. Uh, we're just back on this train for another season. I'm surprised that we didn't hear Julio Jones also wasn't practicing because I feel like that's what Jones has been doing the past few years, just not practicing on Wednesday. So uh, maybe we'll get there at some point. But I mean, there's no concern about AJ Brown, right? Well, I, I mean, Julio didn't practice all offseason, so he had to he had to practice at some point. I think they're both <laughs> just going to do the same thing. They're just going to sit out all week and then hopefully dominate on the weekends, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's a worry for A.J. Brown, but he's just such a difference maker that uh, that's why you drafted him where you did, and as long as he's out there, he's going to break 10 tackles and you know score a couple touchdowns, so I'm, I'm not too worried. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the kind of news you should get expected to to reading if you're the AJ Brown yeah. uh, manager, just, this is just what's going to happen. Julio Jones as well. Um, with staying with the Titans, um, obviously Derek Henry is a must start. Um, Ryan Tannehill. I, I feel like he was being drafted as a starter, probably like around QB seven, QB eight. Is he safe to start this week against Arizona? 
Yep, he is for me. Uh, I've got him at QB9. I just I think this is going to be a shootout. So I'm getting as many people in my lineup as I can. And um, Arizona does not have good uh, corners, not a good secondary. They don't have Patrick Peterson anymore. Uh, so I'm looking at the passing game in, in both of these offenses. All right. And then, Ryan, you had Anthony Ferkshire listed as your tight end to maybe stream if you don't have anyone good. Um, Eric, do you feel similarly about Ferkshire that, as Ryan did? Um, he, I mean, like you said before, once you get past that tight end 12 range, it kind of becomes a, a just kind of jumbled mess. So I've got him a tight end 17. Um, I do think there's a chance that Julio, we don't know how much we're going to see of him this week. I'm actually a little mm-hmm. worried just, I mean, I, I would start him if I had him, but we don't know how much work Julio is going to get. If he doesn't get as much as a full workload, Ferkser could see some more. This could be a shootout. So yeah, I don't mind Ferkser here, but, um, I do have him tight end 17. All right, and then moving over to the Arizona side, I mean, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins are locked in. Um, But with the running back situation, I I feel like this is one of those – I mean, are people, like, confidently starting Chase Edmond? Like, they drafted him as a top 25 running back? I I, I don't know. Ryan, are you confident in playing Chase Edmonds this week? Yeah, I think you have to because, as Eric said, this game's probably going to shoot out. I mean, there should be a lot of scoring opportunities for Chase Edmonds. Even if he's not in in the red zone, he's a big part of this passing attack. I mean, well, we'll see when we get to Rondale Moore in a minute if that might not be the case. But we have to assume for the moment that Chase Edmonds is going to see some volume, at least in the receiving game. So I would definitely start him, I mean, as like a low-end RB2. All right. He just to me is the, one of those people that I every time he was up and he was the top running back on the on the board, I just couldn't bring myself to take him. And I, I don't know if I could bring myself to start him um, if I rusted him anywhere, which I don't. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, what about James Conner? Uh, we don't know what the workload split is going to be. Um, is James Conner someone that you could possibly flex maybe like in a standard league uh, where running backs are, you know, you start a few more than a wide receiver. Um, Eric, what, what do you think? Um, I've got him at RB 33, just kind of for the touchdown potential here. I think he's going to do pretty similar to what Kenyon Drake did, just maybe a little bit of a 1B to, um, you know, to Chase Edmonds 1A. So you can start him if you need to. I would tend to go for a receiver in this range, though, like you said, in the flex range. But, hey, if you went zero RB, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and he's going to have a shot at a touchdown. So, you know, he's in that range. All right, and then uh, any interest in starting Rondell Moore or A.J. Green? Uh, no on AJ Green. Rondell Moore, I'm very intrigued. Um, I probably need to see more to pull the trigger on starting him. I've got him a wide receiver 57, and it's not because I don't like him. It's just, you know, he's a rookie. We'll see what happens. But the role he should fill is just a screen role, uh, just something to get something else in this offense other than, you know, throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins downfield. So I think he's going to get used pretty heavily, but it's just let's see a week before we trust him. But, you know, hey, if it's a deep league, um, he's at least in a game that's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun one. And he's looked really good in in camp and preseason. So uh, there are worse options, but not quite yet. Ryan, you feel the same about Moore and Green? Yeah, you're not starting either of them this week, but you're definitely watching with some interest on what happens with Rondell Moore. Uh, He's a player I've talked about where we're going to get a lot of information about him very quickly. We, I mean, we could be here next week and talking about Rondell Moore as the second option on the Cardinals offense and potentially a fringe wide receiver too for the rest of the year, just based on volume and his dynamism alone. So. All right. Yeah. So it's someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, I mean, anytime 
we have as much movement in and on a team as we did with Arizona. It's something that we have to, you know, keep an eye on and see where the ball's headed. Um, and, you know, is Chase Edmonds going to be as involved in the passing game as we all hope he's going to be? Uh, is Rondell Moore, you know, what's his usage going to be like? So definitely something to keep an eye on. But uh, in this game, you know, it's pretty obvious who you're starting. Um, and you're, you're also starting Chase Edmonds, uh, which is not obvious to me, but I guess obvious to you guys. So, hey, that's good for some people out there. Uh, let's head to Buffalo where the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be playing the bills. Uh, TJ Watt is back at practice. So, uh, I know he's been holding out of like the team practice sessions and, and games until he, he was able to, to secure an extension. We don't, I don't think we have any news about any extensions yet for him, but considering the fact that he's, uh, playing, I assume that we're going to hear something. Uh, over the next few days. Um, so uh, with TJ Watt back, I, I initially said, are we concerned about playing the Pittsburgh defense against Buffalo without TJ Watt? But now that he's back, is it safe to say you're, you know, good to play Pittsburgh against Buffalo? Um, but for the defense, I mean, they're not one of my highest ranks of the week. Um, so, I mean, Buffalo's just, if they look anything like they did last year, I, I wouldn't be too worried about them putting up points, but uh, we're generally looking for sacks and turnovers. No, but no, I mean, I actually have Pittsburgh out of my starting range this week. I just, I hate starting defenses against good quarterbacks like Josh Allen. So um, I'm going to sit them, but if you drafted them, it's probably not a worth a roster spot to burn it. So I don't, I don't fault you if you start them. All right, Ryan, what do you expect to see from Najee Harris's NFL debut? I expect him to be really productive. I mean, I've ranked him as a must start. He's my RB seven this week. Uh, the Steelers are probably going to be facing a negative game script. I, I don't expect him to get like 25 carries on the ground just based on that, but we could see him be really involved in the passing game is the hope. And if he is, then we're looking at him as one of the top 12 running backs every single week for sure. Because if he is going to have a three down role, even if that offense isn't the best this year, I mean, there's he doesn't seem to have any real backfield competition right now. That that could change. We could see Anthony McFarland out there on Sunday, and we'll all be really mad afterwards. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. Maybe maybe they sign Latavius Murray and make us all really mad. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry that I even put that out there in the universe. Uh, what are we doing with these wide receivers, Eric? Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith Schuster, all of whom were being drafted within the first, I think, seven or eight rounds. Uh, you know, in your fantasy drafts, are we starting all three of them? Um, is there any concern? Uh, uh, and and if there is, which wide receiver would you be kind of most hesitant to start? Yeah, I mean, the Bills are really good against uh, receivers giving up fantasy points last year. Um, I think only three teams gave up fewer points than them. Um, but I still think this is a high-scoring game potential. I would be playing all the Steelers receivers. Juju is the lowest for me, uh, wide receiver 34. I mean, you kind of you know what you're getting with him. You know, if, if you're cool with uh, 8 to 12 points and you hope for a touchdown for more, then that's great. But um, I'm definitely starting Deontay Johnson. Claypool's a little risky, but I just love the profile so much that I'm going to get him in my lineup. So I think they're all good to go here uh, if you drafted receiver heavy there's certainly a chance though that juju makes it on your bench or maybe a flex spot but um, the volume should be good and it, i don't think even though they have Najee harris and want him to be a bell cow i still don't think this is going to be like a 35 carry offense like they're going to throw it to him a lot they're going to keep the ball in the air so play your steelers receivers if you had both juju and antonio brown um who would you be giving your potential last wide receiver spot to uh, i got brown about eight spots higher. So um, definitely give me Brown uh, worst defense he's playing against and um, arguably, yeah, a better quarterback, definitely a better quarterback. So give me Brown. Ryan. 
Yeah, I also have Brown four spots higher. I've got Juju ranked as kind of like a mid low end flex and Antonio Brown is like a higher end flex. So yeah, he that's the game script you want and the quarterback you want. All right. And do you rank them uh, Johnson, Claypool, uh, Juju as well? Yeah, exactly. I've got Johnson as like a back end wide receiver too and Claypool and Juju as flex options. All right. And then uh, on the Buffalo side of things, uh, obviously you're starting Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, uh, two of the best players of their position. Well, uh, Eric, what are we, what are we doing with this backfield? Are we starting either of these guys? Tell, please tell me now. No, especially not against Pittsburgh. So um, okay, I've got Zach Moss at running back 37 this week. Okay. So we, we can wait and see what the usage is like. Uh, we don't have to throw one of them out there. Ho- hopefully you've got two running backs better than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary uh, on your roster. Uh, Ryan, would, would you be starting either one of these guys? I would start Moss if I have to just hoping for a touchdown, really, he should be seeing the goal line usage as he did last year, but yeah, I've got him ranked at RB 30, which is a little higher than Eric, but ideally you're still not starting Zach Moss. All right. Um, and then the wide receivers, it's kind of a weird group, a, a lot of different, you know, you got Cole Beasley, the slot receiver uh, who, you know, profiles really well in PPR as a, a high floor guy. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, who I think we think is the wide receiver too. Maybe uh, we don't know if he's even going to play. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. And then Gabriel Davis, who you were high on last year, Eric is just kind of like a um, young wide receiver who, if he gets an opportunity, could uh, really shine. I feel like he's in a similar position this year. Uh, are we doing anything with these receivers this week? This week, no. I've got them all ranked pretty low. I'm really intrigued by the situation, though. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this. It doesn't help that they're playing Pittsburgh either. But um, I do want to see what this pecking order is behind Diggs because there's there's value here. The Bills throw the ball a ton. So um, if Sanders is out there as a wide receiver, too, and featured heavily, then he's going to jump way up my rankings next week. And I'm not sure what's going on with Cole Beasley. I don't know if he's put himself in the doghouse or if he's just going to be the old Cole Beasley or what. So I'm going to watch that as well. I saw I saw someone say uh, when they drafted him that they're they're gonna get a case of the Beasles, and I thought that was hysterical, uh, <laughs> considering everything that's. We- if you want a trip, go to Cole Beasley's Twitter and then just try not to lose IQ points as you read through that thing. All right, <laughs> moving on to the uh, speaking of losing IQ points, the Cincinnati Bengals game is uh, that's perfect perfect timing here. Uh, Vikings play in Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals cornerback Trey Waynes is going to miss week one. So that means former first round pick Eli Apple will be starting in his place. I don't know if what, what was higher, the number of teams that passed on Apple on draft night or the number of teams he's been waived by uh, since he's been drafted. But he's going to be your starting quarterback, Eric. How do you feel about that? <laughs> My last memory of him, uh, the sad memory is him crumpling in the end zone with an injury i can't remember what team that oh. was for so has he's never been the same after that has he I, I mean i don't even know he's jumped around too much i i couldn't tell you the last team he played for uh, i saw he had been waived by the panthers at one point i there was like three different teams mentioned on there anyway apple has not had the career that the giants thought that he would have uh when they uh, drafted him 10th overall a few years ago but uh he is going to be matched up against either Justin jefferson or adam thielen so uh, I think it's safe to say you you start all the Vikings pass catchers this week, Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen. Yeah, yeah, get them in your lineup. Uh, if you're worried about Thielen and some touchdown regression, don't worry about it this week. Well, and with Irv Smith uh, out for the year, and now you know we're looking at Tyler Conklin or Chris Herndon uh, trying to step up as the tight end, it, it's safe to say Thielen will uh, soak up a lot more of that red zone volume. Um, does this make Kirk Cousins someone uh, streamable this week? Was he already someone uh, kind of on your radar as a top 12 quarterback? He, this week, yes. Um, well, I've got him QB 15. 
um, right in the Trevor Lawrence Baker Mayfield range, but I would feel perfectly comfortable playing him against the Bengals. Sure, it might get they might get a lead and give the ball to Dalvin Cook for the whole second half. But generally, if they're scoring touchdowns, you want the quarterback. So, yep, you could do a lot worse than Cousins this week, and uh, they're probably about half the weeks this year we'll be able to say that for Cousins. It's just you don't want to play him in the the tough matchups where he's going to get sacked a bunch. But um, yeah, fire up Cousins if you uh, whiffed on quarterback uh, in the draft. Ryan, how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I've got him at QB 12. Happy to start him in these soft matchups. And th- this is the exact type of matchup you want to start him in. I mean, they're, they're a favorite on the road. The Bengals defense we've already talked about is not going to put up a whole lot of resistance. And I mean, hopefully if you're one of the people that drafted Trey Lance or Justin Fields to stash on your bench until they play, Cousins is a really good guy to be starting right now to just get you through these first couple of weeks. All right, Eric, when people drafted Joe Mixon. They they knew what they were getting themselves in for. We don't have any injury news or anything like that to report, but are you starting Joe Mixon week one? Yeah, I mean, I've got him pretty low at running back 15, and I'm still starting him, so... Um, I just, I don't think this team's going to be very good. And when we get to the passing game, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to support this offense real well right off the bat. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the running game for the Bengals in the first few weeks. And this offensive line does not look good. So, uh, Mixon should get there volume wise. Um, he'll be involved in the passing game. Uh, he'll get a bunch of carries. I just, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, so we're kind of hoping for a touchdown here, but, um, RB 15, I'm, I'm definitely starting him. That was probably the most tentative yeah I've ever heard in my entire life. About <laughs> I anything. also didn't draft him at all. So yeah, sure. Go ahead. Start him. <laughs> you, you, you know better. You you learned better than than to put him in, and put that headache on your roster. Um, but who knows? I mean, Mixon definitely has the profile to be uh, a breakout running back. Just, you know, if Cincinnati can figure out um, how to you know run an offense. Um, let's move to the passing game. Ryan, how would you rank T Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase for this week? Yeah, so I have T. Higgins at wide receiver 20. He's definitely a solid uh, start in your wide receiver two slot. And then I've got Boyd and Chase back to back at wide receiver 28 and wide receiver 29. I'm comfortable flexing either of them. This Vikings defense, we actually talked about a little bit last week, but we're not confident at all in their ability to stop people. This should be a negative game script, so there should be a lot of dropbacks. I mean, the Bengals led the league in 11 personnel last year. They had three wide receivers on the field on 76% of their snaps. So there's no reason that all three of these receivers can't put up startable fantasy weeks. So I'm okay with having any of them in my lineup. Um, Eric, I noticed that you have Higgins one spot uh, above Ryan. You've got Boyd at the exact same, but then you have Jamar Chase 10 spots lower than him. Ryan, you have him right in that wide receiver three uh, flex situation, depending on the on the league uh, size that you're in. Um, he's outside your top 36, Eric. Why should we be more concerned about playing Jamar? So it's this offense as a whole. Um, I mean, Burrow saw, I think, three snaps in the preseason. We still haven't seen him just out there getting hit you know, dealing with pressure, planting and throwing, stepping up in the pocket. Um, I, I think there's going to be some growing pains with this passing game. And I think they're going to take it easy on them, honestly. Um, they, they didn't last year, so maybe the coaching staff doesn't think that way. But um, I don't know. I think Higgins is, like I said, I like Higgins. I like Boyd. Um, I just think the struggles from Chase early on, coupled with what I think is going to happen with Burrow first week, where he's going to struggle is enough for me to drop him. Now, I will say um, most of my leagues are three wide receiver 
and a flex, and he's right in the range for a flex play for me. So I have no problem playing Chase as a flex or wide receiver three. It's He's in a good group of receivers here. But um, I, I think there's enough downside here where uh, you may not see a huge game out of Chase his first week. So he should get the volume. I agree with Ryan. They pass a ton. They run a ton of three wide sets. I just – I don't think this is going to be pretty to start out with the Bengals and I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a couple ugly weeks here to start. Yeah. I, some people that you might've drafted um, after Jamar chase. Uh, and, and if you're concerned about all the, the drops and kind of just the negative news that's come out of Cincinnati, you might have Debo Samuel, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman jr. Um, you might have Antonio Brown. All of these guys are people that Eric would start over Jamar Chase. Um, and there are people who are close in Ryan's rankings. I think Brown is the only wide receiver that I just named. Uh, and Debo Samuel. I'll get Debo over, over yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just saw Debo. So um, if you got one of those guys, you can start him over Jamar. But that's just kind of the range that we're talking about. At that point, it might just be a little bit of, you know, what you're comfortable with um, when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, all right, let's head over to Detroit, where the San Francisco 49ers are taking on the Lions. Um, you're starting George Kittle. That's probably like one of the easiest picks. You're Actually, you're starting both tight ends in this game because uh, Lions have TJ Hawkinson, who's going to catch a thousand yards this year. He's mm-hmm. going to have those receiving yards. Uh DeAndre Swift was a full participant on Wednesday and uh, head coach Dan Campbell did say Swift will play week one. Now the amount of workload is yet to be determined. So uh, obviously you're starting DeAndre Swift, but are you, well, actually maybe not obviously, are you starting DeAndre Swift and are you potentially starting Jamal Williams, Eric? Swift is a tough one. Um, It does seem to be getting better by the day. So I've got him about RB 26. Um, Part of it is also just this matchup. I mean, even last year, the 49ers as banged up as they were, there were only a handful of teams that gave up fewer points to running backs to them. So um, it's a tough matchup. We'll see the workload. I've got him RB 26. Um, But no, I I mean, I've got Jamal Williams ranked lower. So uh, Swift is the one you want because of the pass catching, the upside. I'm not really going out of my way to start Jamal Williams against the 49ers. All right, you've got Swift at 26. Ryan, where do you have DeAndre Swift ranked? I have DeAndre Swift at RB25. Pretty much everything Eric just said I agree with. I mean, the game total is really low, too. The Lions, I believe, are implied the least points in the league this week. But, yeah, with Swift, I mean, it should be a negative game script. He should be catching some passes. I'm not, like, super excited to start him. But I, I would say, like, if you were to start someone over him that you maybe drafted after him, Raheem Mostert is a good example on the other side of this game just because Mm -hmm. of the matchup and the potential game script. So that's what I would say on Swift. Yeah, both of you have Mostert uh, much higher. Eric, you've got him at running back 17. And uh, Ryan, you've got him at running back 21. So uh, Mostert definitely the uh, running back to start in this game. Um, Where are you guys on Trey Sermon? I I know he was being drafted around the same as Mostert, if not before him. Um, Are you as confident about starting Sermon week one, or is he one of those guys that you drafted, but you knew you're going to have to wait a bit on? Uh, I've got him RB 28. I feel pretty confident here. Um, they, I, I believe the roster still, uh, they made some late moves, but, um, I think it's Mostert, Sermon, uh, Jamichael Hasty and Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. So it's not like Sermon's inexperience is going to hurt him compared to anyone other than Raheem Mostert. So if I drafted Sermon as my RB two as like a wide receiver, heavy build, I'm firing up against the lions. Uh, I, I think he should have a good workload. Uh, maybe he gets some kind of, you know, game script positive, uh, you know, running out the clock stuck stuff in the second half. So fire up Sermon if you got him. I, I think he's a pretty solid play this week. All right. Um, and then Brendan Ayuk was back at practice on Monday, so it seems likely he's going to play this weekend. I, I imagine Ayuk is a must-start if he's healthy. 
Yep, Ayuk, Debo's pretty borderline too. I'd start both of them. This is going to be a bad Lions defense. All right, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, you're starting both of them. Not much to say. I had Ayuk kind of highlighted based on his health because I was a little worried. But yeah, as long as he's healthy and he's out there, you're starting him in this matchup. All right, um, and not starting either quarterback. Uh, It is interesting, though, that Jimmy Garoppolo was named a team captain for the 49ers. So it it does sound like they're a little bit more... um, confident in him remaining the starter i don't i don't think you name a guy captain if you're planning on starting his backup uh three or four weeks in the season so if you've got trey lance on your bench uh you know i don't know eric are you any less confident about stashing trey lance now um it just depends on how much room you have on your bench but i don't know if i'd read too much into garoppolo being a captain honestly we've i mean we just saw latavius murray like we mentioned at the top of the show he was like you know positive veteran for the saints did everything they asked they cut him week before the season so there's nothing to say that garoppolo isn't on the bench for two weeks i'd I'd hold on to lance all right uh the seattle seahawks are traveling to indianapolis to play the colts uh carson wentz is going to be starting week one uh really making a a great recovery from that foot surgery that he had uh, like a month ago now um quentin nelson did not practice today uh but coach frank reich said he's still hopeful that nelson will play week one um, I, I don't imagine that, I mean, as amazing as Quentin Nelson is, you're still playing Jonathan Taylor regardless against the Seattle defense. But um, are you starting anyone else this week uh, with confidence, Ryan, on this Indianapolis offense? Yeah, I'm starting Michael Pittman. Uh, I've got him ranked with a lot of these other wide receivers. I have him at wide receiver 32. This should be a really good game script for the Colts offense. I've al- already talked about this a little bit with Wentz, but they have a really high implied total. Michael Pittman seems like the unquestioned number one receiver. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's out, so that's even more target volume. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm even kind of high on Paris Campbell this week. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't hate starting Michael Pittman at all. Yeah, Campbell, by the way, was limited in practice, but um, they said he is also expected to play. Um, Eric, do you, would you start Michael Pittman Jr. this week? Yeah, I would. And it's a little bit of a leap of faith here. But yeah, I mean, this matchup um, should be a high scoring game where they'll have to put some points up. Seahawks gave up the six most points to fantasy receivers last year. I think there are actually some there's some potential the Seahawks have a much better defense this year. But still, I expect Wilson to put up points and the Colts to have to chase a little bit. So yeah, Pittman with no Hilton. uh, I like him this week. Uh, Campbell, I have farther down. Um, He's definitely someone I wouldn't mind sitting on the end of my bench or watch listing and uh, you know, this could be a nice game for him and it could propel them to a nice season. All right. And then moving to the Seahawks side of the ball. I mean, this is one of the easiest offenses because you're starting DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson pretty much every week. I will say though, Indianapolis is a tough defense. Does that give you any pause with starting Chris Carson? Not for me. No. Cool. Uh, Ryan. No, not at all. all right. I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> they're, all, they're all four. They're all four locked in every week then, because if you're starting Carson against this Colts defense, you're starting pretty much against everyone. Uh, one thing of note, Seahawks are only carrying four wide receivers on the roster. Um, so that implies that we're going to see, you know, probably more uh, 12 personnel out there, uh, more two tight end sets. That is. And, and that is the only good thing for Gerald Everett, because I imagine his uh, snap count, you know, his, his snap share is going to be really high. Um, do, did that change how you feel about Gerald Everett at all? Is he uh, higher up in your rankings because of the lack of wide receivers on the roster? For me, he's a tight end 18, um, but I, I'm high on him and I really want to see his role this week. I'm a little worried that like Will Disley or someone's going to eat into his work too much, but I'm intrigued for sure. Just wouldn't start him here. Um, I'd also keep an eye on uh, the rookie Dwayne Eskridge, the receiver. If there's only four of them, that's a great sign for him. So yeah, I, I want 
a third piece in this Seahawks offense to step up and I'd be willing to, to roster a few of them to see what happens this week. All right. Uh, heading down to Atlanta, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is a bad Falcons defense, but even with that, are there any must starts for the Eagles? Uh, Ryan, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, all probably in that range, but are they must starts for you? Yeah, you're definitely starting all three of them. Uh, I would, I could call Jalen Hurts a must start. I, I mean, you drafted him. You're probably really excited to see what he can do. I, this is the exact type of matchup you want to play him in. I mean, if there's, if there's a quarterback that's like down my rankings that could end up as the overall QB one this week, it would be him. So I, I don't think there's a whole lot of quarterbacks that you would be starting over Hertz this week. All right. Uh, all three of those guys must starts for you, Eric. Uh, Hertz definitely. I got him at QB eight and I thought I was way high on him and I'm in line with consensus um, on fantasy pros. So uh, this is the perfect matchup for him, whether they're ahead or behind you, you figure he's going to be running a lot. So um, the, the others I'm not as confident on um, tight end uh, Dallas Goddard. I've got him tight end 11. Uh, Miles Sanders, I'm just not excited to play him. I've got him at RB24, but um, that's just kind of how running back goes. So I'm not confident in this offense at all, but Jalen Hurts, I'm very confident in this week just for his rushing ability. Um, going, uh, Let's go back to this one real quick. Ronald Jones or Miles Sanders? Um, I have Sanders ahead. Uh, it's, it, I don't love it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I know his role a little more than I know Jones's role. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I also have Sanders ahead. Similar to what Eric said, you got to be a little tepid on Sanders this week. But I mean, the matchup is good enough and we do know his role more than Jones. So, All right. And then with the Falcons, you're definitely starting Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Uh, You're also almost certainly starting Mike Davis. Um, I mean, I know you guys both have him around RB20. So there's a good there's a chance you have two running backs that are better than him. But uh, again, Davis seems locked into a good role here in Atlanta. Um, one thing of note, uh, Corderell Patterson was listed as the RB2 on the Falcons depth chart. Um, if we went out and stashed Wayne Gallman, uh, should we drop Gallman for Patterson? I don't think so, because Gallman just joined the team recently. And I mean, frankly, I, I would he would be the one I would want if Davis went down and they were going to pick somebody. I just don't see a path to Patterson being a fantasy player. So I, I would be more interested in Gallman. I'm not sure he's worth a roster spot at this point, but um, if, if anything happens to Davis, he is. All right. Uh, in LA or not in LA in Washington, uh, the LA chargers are going to be playing the Washington football team. A um, couple of pieces of injury news. Not good. Uh, Curtis Samuel left practice early after pulling up on a route it, it, there's video on Twitter. It doesn't look good. I don't, I don't think he's playing week one and I, I don't know what his long-term health status is, but you're definitely not playing Curtis Samuel this week. And then Austin Eckler did not practice. Um, he was riding on the stationary bike. So I kind of thought at first, this was just like, Hey, there's a veteran who's not going to practice on Wednesdays now, but it does sound like he didn't practice with a hamstring issue. So um, are you at all concerned now about starting Austin Eckler this week? I, if he's out there, I'm playing him. So I'm concerned right now, but we'll know by kickoff. And um, like I said, if he's active, I'm starting him. And uh, I mean, this is a tough matchup here. So if he didn't play, I don't think I'd want to start any of these backups. Uh, if it was a better matchup, I'd take a gamble on one of them. But we just we don't know how this backfield is going to shake out behind Eckler unless unless Ryan's got a better idea who the backup is here. But um, I'm kind of clueless right now in this Chargers backfield. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Chargers 
backup, I would lean Justin Jackson because, I mean, we've seen him take on more of that Eckler receiving role in spots over the last couple of years, whereas like Joshua Kelly has been more short yardage goal line type of thing. Yep. But I, yeah, I mean, you've if he's out there, you've got to play him. I'm a little worried about all the skill position players in this game. I mean, the game total is pretty low. This could really get dragged into the mud, I think. I mean, you're starting the guys that you drafted highly, but maybe don't expect the ceiling that you okay. would hope for every week. So that's Eckler, Keenan, and Justin Herbert that you're all starting. Um, is Mike Williams someone that you're uh, potentially starting in this game? No, not really. Like with Mike Williams, he's another one that you could have on your bench and see what his role is. I mean, there's been a little bit of hype for him this offseason. The Chargers offense should be pretty good. It should be up-tempo. They should be throwing a lot. So I don't mind him season long, but in this matchup, I'm really not interested. All right. And then for Washington, we're starting Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Those guys are all locked in. Um, I, I imagine we're not starting Fitzpatrick or J.D. McKissick, Eric. No, Fitzpatrick's uh, QB 19. Um, I, I think this Chargers defense is going to be improved. So I'm passing on him. McKissick, it, it'd have to be a deep league where you went wide receiver heavy. Um, but no, I'm passing on him. And there are some third down backs I like a lot more than McKissick. All right, we've got a couple of easy games here. Uh, the Jaguars head to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, you're starting James Robinson. You are uh, starting DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I mean, I imagine if you have Chark or LaVisca, you're probably starting them. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. maybe more of a of a bench stash at this point, Ryan. Uh, I actually feel better about Marvin Jones than I do Chark at this point, uh, mostly because of the finger injury. I mean, we we've heard that he's going to play and that he's recovering well, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little skittish and have a little bit of PTSD from playing Chark last year in some similar situations where he was always kind of banged up. So I am looking elsewhere if I have Chark, Visca, and Marvin Jones. You can play in flex, I guess. Uh, Eric, I, I mean, they're all kind of in the same range for you, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I, LaVisca Chenault's my favorite. I've got him at wide receiver 33. I, I think we have – he's got the best floor of the three. I, I don't think he's going to goose egg you like maybe these other two could. Um, I, I don't think Jones is going to. I just don't think he's got that – uh, maybe boom potential. Although it is Marvin Jones. He has these four touchdown weeks out of nowhere, but um, Chark's the one who's like, man, I could see him out there as a wide receiver one from the start for this team. And I could also see him, you know, slowly adapting to this offense. So Chark's the hardest for me to, to, to pencil in. I got him at wide receiver 37, but um, I, I, I like Chenault this week and this is a matchup you definitely want to attack. So you can, you can make a case for all three of them. All right. Um, go ahead. Actually, let's do this rank rank. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, LaVisca Chenault, and DJ Chark. So I have, man, I just, this Texans team, I just, it's awfully hard for me to pull the trigger on Cooks. Uh, It it makes sense that he should get a big workload because there's no one else to throw to, but I've got all three. So I've got uh, Chenault, then Chark, then Jones, and then Cooks. I, I may be too low on Cooks. I just, I hate this passing game. Ryan, does does Cooks rank over any of the uh, Jaguars wide receivers for you? Yeah, it's funny you ask. I have Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 33, and then I have Chenault and Marvin Jones at 34 and 35, and then I've got Chark down a touch at 42. Like Eric said, there's just too big of a chance he goose eggs you this week. I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised if he's just kind of running as a decoy out there. So he's one that I'm more scared of than the other three. (laughs) 
All right. And then uh, don't start uh, Texans running back. Uh, going to Carolina, the Jets play the Panthers. Um, Tevin Coleman's listed as the running back one. Are, are we starting any te- Jets running back this week? Uh, I've been out on Tevin Coleman all offseason. I'm not ready to start on him. So okay. I got him really low in my rankings. Um, I would want it to be. Well, Carter, he's going to fill a different role. He's going to be the passing game back. If, if we're talking like between the tackles work, I would want it to be Ty Johnson. I just can't quite commit to him yet. So I'm passing all, all three of them. But I hope it's everyone but Tevin Coleman personally. All right, Ryan, go ahead and rank um, Corey Davis, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson for me this week. Oh, man. All right. So DJ Moore has to be at wide receiver 23. He's like a back end wide receiver, two for me. I mean, that's probably a little lower than you drafted him. But this is something we saw last season with DJ Moore, where him and Robbie Anderson's usage started to converge and as well as their fantasy point totals were converging. So I've got more at 23. And then I've got Anderson as like a mid range flex play at wide receiver 31. And then I have Corey Davis. Uh, You're hopefully sitting him. You should have better options. I've got him outside my top 40. Well, yeah, you have him all the way down at wide receiver 50. Um, Eric, you've got Corey Davis at wide receiver 38. So quite the split there. Um, Corey Davis was shooting up draft boards. So you might have drafted him as your third wide receiver uh, this year. So hopefully um, you have some better options. Uh, With Carolina, obviously you're starting McCaffrey. Um, no questions about that. And it sounds like you guys are both in on DJ Moore. Um, Eric, you have him as uh, wide receiver 18 and Robbie Anderson. You guys both have in the same range as well. Um, big game in Kansas city as the Browns take on the chiefs. I mean, it's the chiefs, you know, who you're starting. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Travis Kelsey, uh, CEH practice in full. Uh, so he should be a full go. And, and he, you know, all signs are pointing to him getting more usage this year after him not getting the passing work last year uh, with the chiefs. Nick Chubb is an easy start. The rest of the team, not so much. Uh, are you starting uh, Kareem hunt? Either you guys. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's right in that range of running back 30. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, he might catch some passes if they're playing from behind. So you could do worse. He's right in that Jacobs, Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette range for me. So uh, if you, if you drafted him, he was probably there to be your RB two or flex player. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it here. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I've got him at RB 26. This is the kind of game script that you would want to start him in. I, so yeah, he's not exciting. The ceiling probably isn't there but you can plug a hole in your lineup if you went wide receiver heavy with him. Are either of you guys starting Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry with any confidence? Um, Man, uh, Beckham's at wide receiver 30. Um, So, you know, he's a boom bust option at this point. I just don't know if he's going to get the full workload right off the bat. If They're just really going to feature him heavily. Um, Landry, he's just, you know what he is at this point. Uh, if you need that safe production, he's there. But um, they tried to rely on, on him as the number one option last year, and it just it really wasn't good for their offense. So he's wide receiver 44 for me. All right, and then uh, both uh, you mentioned Austin Hooper as a potential tight end streamer, and I know you both have Baker Mayfield in your quarterback streaming um, area. So if he's your best quarterback, then you can probably feel safe playing him because he's going to have a lot of points to make up this week against Kansas City. Uh, but that should be a fun uh, fun matchup between two potential division uh, champions, so definitely one to watch. Uh, one not to watch is going to be the Denver Broncos going to New York to playing the Giants. Uh, we've talked a lot about Saquon already. Um, he and Kenny Galladay were both limited in practice. Uh, it sounds like Barkley is going to be on a snap count. 
I don't think we've heard anything yet on Kenny Galladay's tentative usage, but I would be surprised if uh, if they were going to be you know featuring him heavily right off the bat, given the injuries he's been dealing well dealing with. And uh, Evan Ingram also does not seem likely to play in Week One. So again, we've talked about Saquon a lot. Um, sounds like you guys are both willing to start him, uh, depending on how the news goes between now and Sunday. Uh, what about Kenny Galladay though? Is there any uh, concern about starting him if he is out there on uh, Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I'm looking at him here at wide receiver 32, and I'm just wanting to move him down farther. So, I mean, I don't know. He's still – I think we've kind of uh, – the injury this offseason combined with last season, everyone's so down on him. We should remember he's a really talented receiver. He's scored a lot of touchdowns in the past. He's got a huge catch radius. Like, he's a great – he's a good player, and I think we're a little too far down on him, but I probably need to lower him. That's a lot of trust to put in him week one with Daniel Jones throwing the ball and not much work in the offseason. So I would not fault you if you sit him on the bench this week. Ryan, what about you with Galladay? Yeah, I've got him down at wide receiver 37. Pretty similar thoughts. I mean, if he's on the field and he's healthy, he should be commanding a decent target share, but I just need to see it first with him. It's There's too much negativity in, in this game, really. I mean, th- this is a really low total. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of points scored in this game. So you're sitting Kenny Galladay if you can this week. All right, and um, not starting Sterling Shepard. Uh, he's pretty low down in the rankings for both of you. Uh, with Denver, um, well, kind of some interesting choices. Uh, would you start uh, Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams, Eric? Uh, give me Javante Williams just for the upside. And, I mean, they sat him in the last preseason game. It sure seemed like they were trying to keep him healthy. And um, they're going to play defense and want to lean on the run. And I think if Javante Williams comes out and looks good, he'll get plenty of work. Gordon's going to be annoying. Um, but uh, Williams is my RB31. I've got Gordon at uh, RB35. So I wouldn't start Gordon unless you really need the the running back spot to fill as your RB2. All right, Williams or Gordon, Ryan? Yeah, pretty similar. I've got Williams at 31, Gordon at 33. Ideally, you can wait and see how the snap share breaks down between the two of them. But if you drafted Javante Williams and you don't have a better option, you can put him in. You might not feel the best about it, but hopefully the rest of your lineup will make up for it. All right, Eric. And then would you start Judy or Cortland Sutton? Um, oh, yeah, I'm starting Judy for sure. Um, Sutton, I've I've been kind of down on him this offseason. I still have him at wide receiver 35. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll start him both. But Judy's a top 24 receiver for me. I'm, I'm feeling really good about him with Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully a little bit more accurate passing uh, can help that catch rate this year. Yeah, you have him at wide receiver 24. Ryan, you've got Judy all the way down at wide receiver 38. What it, What goes wrong for Judy here that he ends up outside the top 36 wide receivers? I really just think this game is going to be really gross. I'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot of offense or moving the ball in general. So <laughs> I, I still have Judy over Sutton. I mean, I, I think, again, it's al- you can almost treat them like a pair of running backs where you want to see how the snap share breaks out. I want to see how this target share breaks out between the two of them. I Like I said, I'm a little higher on Judy as well. But, I mean, I mean you could flex him and it wouldn't be the worst thing ever, but... He, yeah, he's someone I kind of want to wait and see on. All right. And then uh, Noah Fant's also starting at tight end this week. I, he's going to be uh, on the field. They, they confirmed that uh, for Sunday's game as there's a little bit of injury concern, but he is good to go for week one. Uh, the Packers are playing the Saints in Jacksonville uh, as uh, New Orleans is still recovering um, from the recent uh, unfortunate events. But they should be back, I think, uh, I think for week four or week five. Uh, they should be back in New Orleans for that. Um, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, super easy. They're locked in. Alvin Kamara, locked in. Um, 
Robert Tunyon also locked in. Um, yeah, tight end ten for me. Uh, just he's just too good of a shot at a touchdown to rank him too low. So once you get down to that range, I'll take Aaron Rodgers as tight end. All right, and then would you flex AJ Dillon or Marquez Callaway, Ryan? Uh, absolutely not. I am not playing Marquez Callaway when he's matched up against Jair Alexander. I'm sorry. If you got him a month ago on like a best ball roster or something, you can be excited about him, but I am not playing him in this matchup in a managed league. Uh, and for Dylan, we need to see what the role is. He could get some goal line work. Um, but again, we just need to see before we're running out and starting in week one. This is All a really right, but, bad matchup for Dylan as well. Saints gave up the fewest points to running backs last year. So they, both Dylan and Callaway, I, I think they've got a lot of potential like coming up soon. This is just a bad matchup for both of them. All right, so a couple of stashes there um, that you might have drafted ahead of, of the guy that you're going to be starting ahead of them. But that's okay. The upside is still there, especially with Jameis in town, who, um, Eric, I believe you had mentioned early on, was a, a, someone that you were looking at as a potential quarterback streamer. So uh, good, good news for Callaway, just maybe not right away. Um, we've got the Alabama bowl as the Miami dolphins play the new England Patriots in a matchup between Alabama quarterbacks and Tua and Mac Jones. Um, not that we're starting either of them, but you know, that's cool. Uh, Ryan, as a, as a Patriots fan, Hunter Henry expects to play in week one. Are you ranking Henry or John Smith higher? Yeah, I have Jonu a little bit higher just because I expect him to be a little bit healthier, but it really is a toss-up here. I mean, I've given the take before that season long, I think Connor Henry has had a better receiving track record throughout his career, so I prefer him a little bit. But this week, I'm going to lean towards Jonu. But I mean, I've got him both ranked as like streamers. Whichever one of them catches a touchdown is going to be the one that you are happier starting. So it's really hard to split hairs. All right, and then both of you have Damien Harris as low-end RB2s. Um, it looks like you guys are on the opposite sides of kind of that flex range with James White. Um, Eric, you have him at running back 34 and Ryan all the way down at running back 47. Are you concerned like about his usage in week one, Ryan, or is it just the upside is just not as as prevalent with someone like James White? Yeah, this just isn't the type of game script that you want to be starting a James White in. I mean, mm-hmm. if if they were playing the Chiefs, then I would maybe be interested. But these satellite backs, man, are they're hard to start in managed leagues. Like they're, they're guys I love taking late in best ball, but it's week to week starting these guys is really tough. You never really know when they're going to get that random 10 target game. Yeah, and and a game against the Dolphins that projects to be a low-scoring game. Pretty sure both games against the Dolphins were low-scoring last year as well. Um, And the Patriots tend to do well against young quarterbacks. So it's just not a game where you expect to see a whole lot of usage for James White. Uh, But in a PPR league, there still could be that floor, um, which I think is is why you have him ranked where you do, Eric. Um, With the Dolphins, uh, I mean, what are we doing with their wide receivers? Fuller's out. Does that mean we can start Parker or Waddle? Yeah, um... Yeah, can't wait till Fuller's back. This is just a tough matchup. <laughs> I like both of these defenses. So um, I'm not start, starting Parker. He was hurt a lot this preseason and um, said, so I'm not real high on him. I'm definitely interested to see Waddle, but I'm not starting him either. It's just it's just this matchup. I'm, I'm staying away from these passing games for the most part here. Is there anyone you are starting on the Miami side of the ball? Um, I mean, Gesicki, he's tight on 12 for me. Um, and, um, oh, they, they have a... Uh, Running back, um, Miles Gaskin, RB25. Um, I, I do think he's going to get a pretty good amount of passing volume. So I'd feel pretty comfortable starting Gaskin as my RB2. Yeah, you guys both have uh, – you have him at uh, RB25, Ryan at RB27. So 
Gaskin's definitely someone who you could probably start. Um, you probably uh, don't have, I mean, you might have two better running backs, but uh, Gaskin's probably starting for you this week. Uh, the Bears are taking on the Rams. Um, Al- <laughs> There's some like locked in players like Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, um, Tyler Higby, even Matthew Stafford, you're, you're starting this week. But um, these are two defenses that have, well, the Rams are very good against the run. Um, the Bears may not as much, but the Rams, I'm not as confident about Daryl Henderson. So are we starting David Montgomery against this Rams defense, Ryan? Yeah, you're starting Montgomery, and the reason is just backfield volume. Like, Tariq Cohen is on the pup or the IR or whatever it's called right now. So there's <laughs> there's really no he's, he's out for three weeks. Yeah, he's out for three weeks. There's nobody to take touches away from Montgomery. I mean, you obviously don't love this game script. The Bears also have a really low implied total. But I mean, I've got Montgomery ranked at like RB24 and it's it's just going to be low calorie volume. I wouldn't expect like a big boom week from him, but you can play him if you drafted him. Uh, what about you, Eric? Are you starting David Montgomery this week? Yeah, I've got him RB18. I mean, like Ryan said, there's no competition for him. And uh, Andy Dalton will check down to a running back. I'll tell you that. So especially this stage of his career. So Montgomery could easily get five or six catches. And that's probably all you need in a half PPR or PPR league combined with his volume. So I I feel pretty good about Montgomery. It's like Ryan said, it's not going to be pretty. But um, once you get below him on the list, there's a lot more questions than he has. Well, and interestingly, I, I figured Montgomery was the, I mean, obviously the Rams are a better defense, but I figured Montgomery was the safer bet, especially as far as volume goes. And yet you both have Daryl Henderson, a handful of spots higher than Montgomery. So if you have either running back in this game, you can start them pretty confidently, especially considering it seems like Sony Michelle is not going to factor in too much here in week one, um, as he is still learning the playbook. Uh, they, they, just, they don't sound that confident that he's going to be getting a ton of workload from day one. So Henderson is the guy there in LA. Yeah, I, I would just say I think this Bears defense is still kind of relying on reputation. Um, they were still good last year, uh, but they lost, you know, Fuller, their cornerback. I, I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to be the same Bears defense anymore. They've got some good D linemen, so they'll probably be tough against the run. But um, I don't think this is the shy away defense that we used to see in Chicago. So don't let them scare you away from playing fantasy players against them. All right. And then for what feels like the 90th year in a row, we uh, get to open the year with the uh, Raiders on Monday Night Football. I don't I mean, I know the Raiders have a big fan base, but like, can we get a better game than Ravens Raiders on Monday Night Football? We can do better, NFL. Come on. But what's nice is we get to watch Darren Waller, uh, you know, and, and Mark Andrews. So it'll be a fun tight end battle. I don't I mean, what else is there? Look, you got Lamar Jackson. You're starting Lamar. Every every pass catcher is hurt or not interesting for the Ravens other than Mark Andrews. Um, are, are we starting Josh Jacobs here against this Baltimore defense? <laughs> I mean, this is another one. I never drafted him. So he's my RB29. If you drafted him, you probably like him and want to play him. But I hate this matchup. So I am looking for any other option I can. Um, but I also don't have to deal with this. Uh, I, I dealt with Josh Jacobs last <laughs> year. So I, I got off of him this year. There, there's a chance that in your leagues, if you drafted uh, about two weeks ago or so, that you drafted Josh Jacobs in the fourth round and Gus Edwards in the 11th round. And you guys both have Ooh. Edwards way higher than Jacobs. Um you know, Ryan, I, I, you seem pretty confident in Edwards ranking him at RB17. Um, we're feeling pretty good about this run game here for the Ravens, huh? Yeah, I mean, you really have to. Like, Gus Edwards managed to put together nearly a full season of RB2 production two years ago before J.K. Dobbins was drafted in this exact same role. I mean, I think we're going to see more of the same. The game script is going to be super favorable. I mean, Tyson Williams could 
probably get at least some role here because the Ravens do like to split their backfield, but it Gus should have plenty this week to be, to start him over a lot of other running backs. So. Yeah. Is there enough uh, there on the back end of that, of that Baltimore running game to start Tyson Williams? If you're uh, a team that just, you know, you win zero RB or just the RBs that you got, aren't, you know, in a good spot this week. I, I would love to see the team that is considering starting Tyson Williams this okay. week. Um, so, uh, yeah, so not please quite. don't. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a 17-team guillotine league. How many are in our, uh, I, I went pretty wide receiver heavy in the guillotine league, so I might have to start him. We'll see. Yeah, so, okay. So that's fair. Um, don't start <laughs> Tyson Williams, uh, but you're definitely keeping him to see what his workload is like. Um, is there anyone else on the Raiders that you're you might start this week? Um, Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr, uh, anyone? Well, quickly though, about uh, Gus, Gus Edwards, like he's their only running back. I'm not sure if they want to give him all of the carries right now. So I, I think Tyson's going to get used. But um, as far as the Raiders, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, you, you had a Raiders take there. A Raiders take. I mean, my only real Raiders take is you're not starting any of the wide receivers against the Ravens, but you're watching to see what happens with Brian Edwards. It is all about Brian Edwards in this game for me. I have so much of him. I mean, I, I just have blindly believed in this profile after the faceplant rookie season. If he goes out there and commands targets and looks good against the Ravens, then you don't even want to know how highly I'm going to rank him next week. So, <laughs> I, I do. I want to. I want to find out. So here's hoping Brian Edwards gets ten targets. I don't even care what the rest of his line looks like because I want to see how high you're going to rank him just based off that alone. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here uh, this week for Sit Start. Again, if there's a player that you wanted to hear more about, or um, if we just missed on on a player you're looking at, go to our uh, website qblist.com. Our Sit Start article covers every single player every single game uh, in depth. They have you know more time to, to write those things out than we do here on the podcast to cover every game. So head on there. Or you can always find reach us on Twitter or at our uh, Discord server, pitchlist.com slash plus, and you can tag Ryan or Eric and just ask them directly about the players you didn't get to hear about. Um, but good luck in your, uh, in your first weeks. Um, may, uh, may all the luck be on your side, and, and hopefully the three of us are still alive in our staff guillotine league come this time next week. It'd be really sad. Maybe that's the punishment. You, you get eliminated, and you're just not on the podcast. For All right, everyone. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday.